Happy holidays, everyone. This is the Plastic Posse Podcast, and my name is Scott Gentry. Hope you are all well. Thank you so much for joining us as we discuss the hobby that we are all so passionate about, which is, of course, scale modeling, or in Doug's case, reptiles. Reptiles. I am fortunate enough to be joined by several good friends, all of whom are also fantastic modelers. So uh, first of all, from right here in Utah, Doug Smith. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Um, I now have a quiet house. I'm sure people know that I've been complaining that I have a lot of house guests lately, but the grandkids are moved out and I have time and I have space and I have peace in my home. So I'm doing good. Nice. Uh, anything uh, stirring on the bench or anything you've been working on? Well, I'm back on the B-Wing and another Star Wars project. Uh, my son gave me, he wants for a gaming, me to build in the TX-225 CAV. Uh, the armored assault tank from uh, that you see in Rogue One on Jetta. Um, he picked one of those up, and I'm going to try to bang that out. It's mostly paint work. I mean, it's styrene, but the the hole came assembled. Um, it was just a couple of seam uh, eliminations and and paint. So I've got it primed and ready to go. Nice. Well, that sounds good. Uh, hopefully the peace and quiet will uh, help fuel your modeling over the holidays at least a little bit. It's going to be good. From Virginia, the one and only TJ Haller. TJ, what's going on with you? Uh, Not a whole lot. Just got back from my first of many trips to North Carolina uh, last night. It was miserable, so I got that going for me. It's... Uh, <laughs> Hasn't stopped me from working at the bench, though. I, I didn't bring anything with me when I was gone. Um, I was gone Tuesday through Thursday, and I'll go back Monday next week. But next week, I'm not going to bring stuff with me. I'm in a hotel for the time being. I don't know how I'm going to to model in a hotel like like our buddy Martin does. I don't know how he does it, but I'll try. In the meantime, I've been working on my Oscar, the Machine Krieger hover droid thing. I, I don't really know what it is, what, what you would really call it. It's a robot of some variety. Um, since it was Friday and I was off, um, I worked on it pretty much all day with a couple of short breaks to play some video games while my kids were at school. My wife was at work. So that's what I got going on. That's looking really good. TJ, I really like the layers that are starting to build up all over it. Oh, thanks. It's a little bit of a challenge. It's, but it's weird colors. It's machine and Krieger and it's a uh, weird shapes. You don't, um, really seem to, to work on a lot of curves like this on on a lot of tanks i mean i get turrets but but not like this it's if, if anyone's seen an oscar you know what it looks like it's a strange looking contraption very cool well i'm glad uh glad with the trip you still had time to work that's pretty cool all right from the left coast the talented and handsome grant mayberry what's new with you grant well first of all you need to get your eyes checked um second of all uh not much i've been working on uh a machine career kid also um, started working on my uh, entry for nationals. A SAF suit, um, just like the legendary Ivan. Mine's going to have both arms, though, so I don't want to copy somebody else. So <laughs> did get the uh, periscope. I raised it up a little bit, like somebody said. So it's a little different. I've seen that in a couple of the machine Krieger books, and I thought that was really a cool look. And so that'll be fun. I've got a couple of other small things um, finishing up that I wanted to clean up before the new year, but that's about it. Um, getting ready for a week or two weeks off. So that's going to get me some model time. And uh, after a short trip next week, I'm home and then we're, we're off to model land, hopefully. 
Awesome. Uh, unfortunately, we are missing a couple of people tonight. Uh, JB's in Georgia attending an event with uh, Zach and Jackson that looks like a lot of fun. Probably hear about that in the next episode. Uh, but he sends his best to everybody. And uh, Ivan is having uh, technical difficulties. So uh, we hope that he'll be able to join us a little bit later. But uh, right now, it's not looking too great. Uh, we do also have a guest with us tonight in the Jim Bates uh, guest chair from just over the hill from me, a good friend of the posse and also one of our Patreon deputy marshals, Josh Buck. What's up, Josh? Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. So uh, what have you been up to lately? Uh, what models have you been working on? Uh, I've been doing a lot of World War One history lately. Finished up a piece, so I took a break and dug out a project I've been wanting to work on for a while. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Battletech, um, but it's a big catapult mech from the Battletech sci-fi universe. It's pretty cool. Um, 3D printed that and finally stuck it together. And that's that's about it. Yeah, the fall's the busiest time of year for me for work. So it's finally starting to wind down and hopefully I can start getting some more more time in at the bench. Yeah, you just finished a, a really nice piece that I really like. Tell us about that mortar that you did. Uh, yeah, it was a World War One mortar from Vargas Models. They do 3D prints of kind of different stuff. He's been at Nationals the last couple of years. And in Vegas, I picked one up and decided to dig it out and go for it. And it was it was cool. It was a, just a World War One trench mortar uh, that was successful for the Germans. So they decided to keep making a bigger and bigger version until they got to this 38 centimeter monstrosity that, uh, from what I understand, didn't last too long. <laughs> They just kind of fell apart after a couple couple of rounds of firing, but um, it was a fun project. I tried a lot of new techniques, which was a lot of fun. I really like the way you base that, especially uh, the text that you put, you know, on the side of it. Tell us a little bit about how you how you were able to do that. Yeah, so I uh, I have I don't throw anything away. So I had a huge pile of offcuts of uh, different wood and stuff in my garage, and it's just a piece of MDF I I cut out into a circle and then uh, painted it up. I looked up what different types of font they used in Germany around that time, early 1900s, and did some research to find out where it was deployed, and cut out a stencil on my silhouette and it painted it on and then did all the groundwork on top of it. I I haven't really done bases, uh, but you guys have talked about it on your podcast a lot. So I've made it a goal for the last um, couple builds I've done and I've actually really been liking it. I think it does add a lot to the piece, especially for something like that that's smaller. Yeah, it turned out really good. And the font that you selected for it is really, really good. I think it kind of gives the piece a, a real distinctive look to it. Oh, well, thank you. The Plastic Posse podcast is sponsored by Tankcraft. Tankcraft makes some great scale modeling tools, including modeling knives, aluminum scale converted rulers, and the incredible Tankcraft glue base. Want to keep that extra thin cement off your bench and that gorgeous Tankcraft mat and in the bottle where it belongs? Mm-hmm. Well, look no farther further than the Tankcraft glue base designed to stop liquid cement spills in their tracks. These bases are made from solid milled aluminum, which provides for a beautiful and stable base of operations for your liquid cement. The aluminum glue base is finished in a beautiful green anodized finish and also features a separate rubber base pad, which helps ensure that your bottle of glue will stay where you want it for years to come. Head on over to tankcraft.com and check out the Tankcraft glue base. And while you're there, check out their high-quality line of cutting mats and any other unique modeling tool. Don't forget, Posse fans can get 15% off their first order by using the code POSSE15. So head on over to Tankcraft right now. That's T-A-N-K-R-A-F-T dot com. The Triple P Mag Group Build is sponsored by Bases by Bill. 
This by Bill specializes in making beautifully crafted wooden custom display solutions for scale models. Built by modelers for modelers, these premium quality display cases and innovative base designs are available in just about any model and size. Their custom size display bases ranging from 4 to 30 inches provide the perfect foundation for dioramas or vignettes. And remember, if you don't see what you need, just ask. Chances are they can customize the perfect solution for you. Check out basesbybill.com and see their custom display products for busts and figures. Use the code POSSE at checkout to apply a 15% listener discount to your order. Bases by Bill for all your model display needs. And we'll take a quick update on the aforementioned uh, Mac group build. I actually just posted in there myself a couple pictures from the Oscar that I was talking about a couple minutes ago. Besides that, we also have my friend Eric uh, just posted a picture of his Stingray that he's going to do. He said he had started a Stingray years ago and kind of fell out of modeling for a little bit, but now he wants to get back into it. He's um, hoping to get the Stingray done. I I talked him into it when we went to MarauderCon, so he's a good modeler, so it's going to be pretty sweet. And then um, our friend Cliff Herring is (laughs) slow but steady, crushing that Mark 44. Just like I told him before, don't change a damn thing, Cliff. You're... You're knocking it out of the park, man. And some other highlights are uh, Matt, also known as Sprue Cutter Models, is doing a Mel that he's got all detailed up. So I'm looking forward to that, getting ready to start. And that's pretty much been the highlights for the last couple of days. Love those uh, Easter eggs in Cliff's build. That's been a lot of fun seeing uh, the little touches that he's adding into the end of that build. So. All right, now it's time to interview our guest host, Josh Buck. Uh, He's made a brief appearance on the Posse a a few episodes ago in in a roundtable talking about the uh, Salt Lake IPMS show that a bunch of us attended. But uh, we're going to talk to him in a little bit more depth tonight. So, uh, Josh, let's start out with just sort of your background. You know, where are you from and and kind of how did you get into scale modeling? Um, I got into modeling like most people. Uh, My parents really pushed me into child pageants. I didn't really take off like I wanted to. Didn't end up in Paris or anything like that. (laughs) But really, I mean, like most people, my grandfather was a Navy pilot. He was with the Navy for 34 years. I remember right. Might have been a little bit longer, Um, but he was really into it. And I always really loved history. Um, And it's modeling is a pretty solitary hobby, which clicked with me really well. Um, So it's something I've done on and off pretty much my whole life. When I got into grad school, I found it was a really good stress relief. So I got into it really good there and kind of been doing it ever since. You know, when we've talked about your grandfather, um, he flew some really, a really wide array of of aircraft, you know, a lot of really cool and unique aircraft. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, it was kind of interesting time period. He joined the Navy in 42 and he started flying uh, B-24 Liberators out of England on submarine patrols. And then when he retired, he was flying uh, jet bombers off of a nuclear powered aircraft carrier. So it's pretty cool to be, uh, I, I would imagine, to be part of that transition. So he flew a lot of aircraft in between there. He did a lot of flying boats. So he flew the Catalina. He flew the Mariner. He flew the Mars. He flew the Trader. I'd have to go back and look at a list. At one point, I'd like to build an example of every every aircraft he flew. And the last one he flew was the uh, the Sky Warrior. And on that one, he had a pretty rough carrier landing, hurt his back. And after that, he, he moved into, um, I think, Chief Machinist is, is where he retired. So he was doing maintenance on the aircraft, on the, on the aircraft carrier. And uh, flying was a constant part of his life. He was in the air as often as he could be, and and that's how he died. He crashed an aircraft in 98, which was the way he always really wanted to go. So it was kind of bittersweet, I guess. But yeah, he, he's the one that really got me into the hobby. 
that's awesome to have a, an inspiration like that in, in your life. And I mean, obviously you build a lot of aircraft because of your grandfather, uh, your grandfather, but uh, what other subjects are you interested in? What other kind of models do you like to build? Honestly, I will build just about anything. I just really, really enjoy putting stuff together. So as a kid, you know, it was a lot of like Lego and Erector set and that kind of thing. And and that's kind of continued on into my adult life. So it, it doesn't matter to me quite as much what I'm building. It's just that I'm building something. Aircraft is still probably primarily what I do, but I would say the next biggest is science fiction. I do a lot of the Bandai Star Wars. Like I, I said earlier, I'm working on something from the Battletech series. I've done some stuff from different video games, uh, from Fallout. Yeah, and then uh, recently joined the Great Basin Amps chapter, uh, so I'm starting to get into armor. I did uh, a 148 Tiger and the Posse online group build, and that was a lot of fun. So it got me more interested in that. I picked up a bunch more armor kits, and I'm playing around with a Mang Whippet right now. That's kind of my Amps build. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that I wouldn't wouldn't give a shot at building or, or haven't tried to build. Some of the questions that we like to ask our guests um, here are uh, best build to date, magnum opus. But let's start with uh, you know one we've we've talked about in the past. Uh, what do you think? You know when did when did things click in for you? What was your level up build? You know when did you feel like your hobby maybe started taking it a little bit more seriously? Um, that's a good question. I would say um, probably when I got my first airbrush. I picked up an Italeri Stuka bomber from a from a hobby shop when I was on vacation, and in there they had uh, some fine scale modeler. So I picked up an issue of fine scale modeler, and that started to open up the hobby for for me a little bit. I was, I mean, logic should have kicked in because there's hobby shops and stuff everywhere, but for a lot of times I felt like I was the only weirdo in the basement doing this kind of stuff. And so I saw a magazine filled with people that were doing that, that kind of stuff and it was kind of inspiring. And they, there were a couple of air, articles about airbrushing. So I picked up an airbrush and had some mishaps along the way, figuring that out. But uh, yeah, when I, when I, Use that airbrush and saw the finish you could get with that and, and the Stuka, I still have it. That's It's not the prettiest build I've got now, but it's still really special to me because I feel like I, I used a little bit of photo etch on it. I used the airbrush and it was a, a piece I was actually proud to, to show people. So that, that would probably be my level up build, at least going back in, in history. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So you and I live, I don't know, two or three miles apart, but yet we met because of of this podcast so um how is the podcast um all the podcasts that you listen to i'm sure you listen to more than just ours how do you think that's changed the hobby if at all for you and yeah i i mean absolutely it's changed things for me i i do listen to all the podcasts well maybe not all of them there's a lot of them now they're hard to keep track of uh, but you guys were always the first on my list and you still are um but it took at least for me it's a, it, it's a hobby that's always been very isolating and and that's what drew me to it at first but it's taken something that's really isolating and it's made me feel not alone when I'm at the bench and that's how it really started is I could put on the podcast and listen to you guys talk and it really felt like there were a bunch of other dudes sitting in the basement with me just talking as I built a model and that was unexpected and something I really came to enjoy and it's kind of weird because it feels like you get to know people that you're a complete stranger to so I think the first time I met you was at Nats and I wanted to run up and say hi. And I feel like I, I knew you really well and I'm a complete stranger. 
but it's that that was something that's really cool. And then that's kind of evolved. You know, we found out we live close to e- each other and it's made me want to go to model shows. I've, I've gone to model shows where in the past I haven't. Uh, when I did go in the past, I've, I used to I've gone to nationals just about every year, but I never really talked to anybody. And now uh, the social aspect is like my favorite part. So it's really gotten me out of my comfort zone socially. I've met a lot of people. I've made a lot of friends. I share stuff that I'm building online on Facebook that I've I've never done before. And it's brought a whole new aspect of the hobby to me that I never really expected to experience. And I've come to really, really enjoy. Um, and it's made a big impact in my life, um, a big a big positive one. So, I mean, I owe you guys a, a huge thank you for taking the time to to do this podcast. I know it's it's not something you make tons of money off of, but uh, <laughs> but it's made a big difference uh, for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people as well. Yeah, we're still moving Grant into his mansion, but you know yeah. we're not quite done with that project. So. <laughs> yeah. um, I can see you squirming in the seat a little bit, so we'll ask you one more question, and then, sorry, uh, yeah, and then just... we'll we'll turn the heat lamps off of you. But That's um, all right. you know, uh, we ask almost all of our guests, you know, this question. You know, before you retire from the hobby and they get the golf clubs out permanently, what's that magnum opus project that you'd like to do? That one, it could be any scale, any size, any scope. You know, what's that big project that would kind of cap your career off? So I love that you guys asked that question uh, to everyone that's on the show, but I hate that you ask it to me because every time you ask it, I, I an idea pops in my head and be like, yeah, that's what I would do. So I have like five. I don't know if I, could, I have like an ambiguous top five. I don't know if I could pick one. If I would, one that I would really like to do and finish is uh, when I first started to get back into, into the hobby, I was just kind of buying anything that looked cool. The bigger, the better. I think a lot of us have probably been there. And I picked up a Dora Railway Gun by Hobby Boss. And if you're familiar with that, it's this ridiculously huge railway gun. And uh, I put together some pieces and then just kind of completely lost interest in the subject. But I really enjoy uh, diesel punk, steampunk, if you're familiar with that kind of stuff. And I've got into some history and I thought it'd be kind of cool to do like an alternate timeline thing with the Dora Railway gun where it's like a crawling mech through post-World War One kind of era powered by steam trains, dragging itself through the mud. I don't know, something like that. That's kind of been in the back of my head for a long time. It'd be a pretty big project, a pretty ambitious project, but it'd be something different. And I don't like to throw things away, so I'd actually be able to build that model. I think you share that in common with TJ. <laughs> He, he's he's uh, he he refuses to throw a model away. He's out going to nope. beat them all. Except some of my old finished ones, I throw those away. <laughs> <laughs> but not anything that I've started. Yeah, I got my enjoyment out of it. We're finished. I, I can't bring myself to do it, and I figured, especially with sci-fi, you can always come up with something cool to do with it. So, I mean, whether it's that or something else, that that would probably be it. Cool. That sounds awesome. I'd love to see that. Hey, Scott, let's put Josh to work, shall we? Josh, how about helping us out with this sponsor's ad for our great partner, HobbySwap.com? Sure. Has your stash become monstrous? Do you need cash or maybe some extra space? Or maybe you're looking to grow your collection? Try to find that special or unique kit. Well, whatever your needs, check out HobbySwap.com. That's Hobby-Swap.com. Did we mention that at HobbySwap, you can list as many models as you want to sell for free? That's right. Unlimited free listings. They also have lower listing fees than any of those other big named auction sites, (coughs) eBay, (coughs) and it's easy to use. Posting a kit for sale takes as little as 30 seconds. HobbySwap.com. It's like going to a model show every time you log on. 
Check out hobbyswap.com today. That's Hotel Oscar, Bravo Bravo Yankee dash Sierra Whiskey Alpha Papa. Nice. Nice. Wow. We even got the, uh, the coding. Yeah. Nice, nice work. <laughs> well, Doug, it's it's been a little while since we've hit this. I suspect our uh, listener feedback uh, is probably a little swollen. Uh, what's it look like? Yeah, yeah, you could say it's swollen. I'm just going to dive into this. There's a lot. There's a lot I'm not going to get to. Let me tell you, we got a lot of people talking to us. So if I missed you, I'm sorry, but let's start off. Dave Mason, the mid-Michigan model makers would like to invite any or all of us to join for the 38th annual contest and show February 4th, 2023. The Region 4 contest season is starting. This year, they're at a new venue that's double the size of previous shows, more vendor tables, a food truck, which is a new experiment, raffle, and uh, apparently he missed a meeting and so now he's in charge of the raffle. And they're close to the freeway. They'd love to have everybody join them. We have Mike Sandbagger Norris. He lives in Lincolnshire in the UK, listens to the Triple P podcasts and many others. He doesn't consider himself a master, wants to encourage more builders to give it a try. He he really likes the multi-wing aircraft, World War One. thinks that it's it's a, a niche that, that maybe more people can hit. He has a web, website with build logs in PDF form that are free to download. They contain full details of every aspect of the build, including rigging, modification, enhancements, references, photographs, and illustrations, etc. It's called Mike's WW one aircraft models. Paul from Denmark wanted to talk about Telford. Hey guys, I wrote to you once in the past praising the show and your good vibes and you wrote back kindly. Well, I recently flew to the UK from Denmark. I visited Telford where I spotted JB and Sir Ivan at the show. Seriously, I ran up to say hello, shook hands and talked just a handful of seconds. I'm not so good at that stuff, unfortunately. And later JB remembered my name and origin and apparently wrote it down and recited it on the post Telford show. Seriously, maybe it's just a small thing for you, but it's so nice that JB made the effort to do that. You guys, as a group confirmed my previous conclusions that you have such goodness about you all. The podcast emulates this and I hope the world and indeed the modeling world follow suit in the same level and we'd be in great shape for the future. Said his nine-year-old son was with him at Tel- Telford building airfix kits and uh, they had a great time. Keep up the great work. We had a, a bunch of people participate in the 72 and 72 build that uh, Jim Bates came up with over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend for those of us in the States and anywhere else in the world. We had a bunch of people participate. It was a lot of fun, including a quick note from Dan Knopfel, who said, hey, guys, I wanted to thank you guys for hosting the 72 and 72. It was a lot of fun. Hank and I really enjoyed it. There's an event coming up that our friends from Ryan's Custom Model Works and Pete Kolkla wanted to tell us about. They're doing the second year of throwing a little get across the finish line build for the end of the year, the Holiday Blitz build. He says, no rules, no prizes, no admonishments. We're not finishing. We know that sometimes it can get a little tough for some during the silly season. And motivation can be can dissipate. Sometimes we could all use a friendly word of encouragement or even something to distract. So join us. Pick something you've had your eye on. Grab that kit from the wall of tears. The well, the wall of tears, the, sh- the well of tears, the shelf of doom or the unfinished pile and see how far you can get. Remember, it's all about the fun and camaraderie above anything else. There's no need to join a room. Just post with the hashtag hashtag holiday blitz build 2022. We're going to go over to the Posse Facebook page where there's some great, amazing work being sh- shared, uh, including pics from Boz Slots from a recent Belgian show and uh, Pete Ferrugia's Red Tail Mustang project. 
There was quite a bit of feedback from episode uh, two episodes ago when TJ led our discussion on closing the gap. Jesse Naughton said, as one of those guys who does a single model at a time, I think there's value to completing models when it comes to learning. Starting six tanks and getting stuck somewhere in construction or early in painting means you miss the opportunity to move your skills forward on all aspects of modeling. And yeah, sometimes you want to get to the next thing and you get lazy on the finishing stages. One thing I've done is to start the base and figures before the vehicle is 100%. That way I get it done before I get to that lazy point. As TJ said, the key is the right practice. Getting something done 100% is a skill where what you'd call done can differ from one project to another, but done is a skill level all of its own. I find it less stressful than having shelf queens staring at me in the face. Every new project is its own palate cleanser. We got a uh, small novella from Martin Drayton about closing the gap. Um, I'll, I'll paraphrase a little bit at the beginning. He said, TJ, uh, TJ, it's an absolutely inspired subject. That may have been the best Triple P episode for me so far. Firstly, sitting by in my hotel room working on my Tamiya M8, I had to stop because Brian Kreiner had made me laugh so hard. Second, the main topic was podcast gold. Hearing everyone's perspective was very enlightening and highlights something that many of us need to talk about if we want to improve. Finally, we have J.C. Osborne. After listening to the podcast discussion on the skill gap, which was a great discussion, by the way, I reflected on my own skill gap. Right now, I have six to eight kits staring at me that will require me to airbrush a German tritonal paint job. I've only done two ever, both hand-painted and badly. I'm targeting this coming year to build some of these. So to try and address this and fill this gap, I'm looking for suggestions. As far as practicing it, I have the old Tamiya Tiger mid-production I can build and use as a paint mule. Before I go there, I'm looking for some direction on any tutorials, processes, steps, products, such as paints that I can use to build to fill this gap. Videos, books, works, paints, paint mixes, magic. Anything else would be appreciated. Grant, you're muted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hi. For three color camouflage first would be JB. Just go to his uh, his web, his Facebook page and uh, look at his stuff. Um, he's got some, he talks you through some stuff. He also walks him through. YouTube is also another fantastic example of uh, where you can find some uh, tri-camo painting instructions, uh, painting videos, painting tutorials, anything you want like that. Um, Martin, you know, Mr. Night Shift himself, you know, Sam, fantastic. You know, walking, he walks you through exactly how to do it. Um, Rick Lauer, another one I can think of. Rick Lauer does some fantastic work too. He would be another one you could look at. Um, books wise, there's a plenty out there. You know, there, you know, gosh, there's so many. The AK books, the, the FAQs, you know, all those out there that, that, that talk specifically sections. And actually, I think one of the FAQ books or uh, one of Meg's books is basically walks you through how to paint exactly how to paint a tricamo. So, you know, one of those that, that'll help. And don't be afraid to yeah. even just give it a try. Just do it. Yeah. If, you know, if, if, if you have problems on one, you've got more, you know, it's, it's better to try and uh, be a little disappointed and get the experience and build towards getting something better in the future than to not try it all. That's a great point, Doug. You know, I just, uh, you know, JC's a friend of ours and, you know, I'd point you back to, to John Bonani as well, to JB and, you know, do some slammer builds, go to, mm-hmm. Go to Burbank's House of Hobbies or, you know, one of the shops you like to go to and grab two or three uh, of those to me, a 48 scale uh, 
armor kits and just slams them. You know, I think uh, like we've said in the past here, getting sometimes getting a project done and not necessarily making contest winners, but finishing it will st- sort of get you going and, and put you in a pattern what you know, where you'll start to complete projects and, you know, get you moving. So that's my advice, you know, do a JB uh, patented slammer build or two. <laughs> Hashtag slammer build. All right. Well, let's talk about social media callouts. So everybody sit back, relax. I've got like six of them today. So we're here we go. First one is Blight Forge. Um, B-L-I-G-H-T Forge. Uh, it's on Facebook. He has done some fantastic work. He did a Black Templar lately, which is a 40K figure in the Grim Dark style. If you don't know what a Grim Dark style is, Grim Dark style is a more darker redefinition of what you would see from maybe comes out of the games workshop area. It's a, a lot more weathered uh, look, uh, more realistic in my opinion, a lot better looking in my opinion, but that's only my opinion. So he's got some really good, uh, did that really good. He did a, also another Warhammer figure was a, a Farseer, which was beautiful coloring in it. Uh, the, the, the robes um, were fantastic. Great tutorials, great uh, definitions, great information, just a great site. Again, Blight Forge. Uh, it's on Facebook. Check him out. Another one, Vandalay models, Vandalay underscore models. Uh, another World War Instagram account, sorry, Instagram account, World War One, mostly focused World War One. There is a very beautiful figure on there with the uh, World War One figure German soldier with a gas mask on, going throwing a grenade out of a bomb pit with water in it. Simple, easy, great pictures, uh, great story, even though it doesn't really have, you know, like just, just one figure in a mud puddle, but just a great story. But mostly what uh, World War One stuff, the, the the aircraft, all scales, 172nd, 148, 132nd, beautiful rigging, even in the 172nd scale. I do not know how people do that. I'm sorry. That is so small. And you're trying to do rigging uh, with that, that scale. It just, fantastic. Uh, so again, that's Vandalay, V-A-N-D-A-L-A-Y underscore models on Instagram. Number three, Eric Swindon, Instagram fantasy figure painter. This guy, you know, it's he's pretty famous in the figure painting world of the Warhammer or the fantasy areas. This guy has a real handle on color and the primary and secondary color use that he does is is unbelievable. Um he's you know he he's got that color wheel down completely that it just looks so realistic and the folds and the way he paints everything, even including the skin tones, is just unbelievable. And again, that's Eric Swindon on Instagram, uh, E-R-I-K underscore S-W-I-N-D-O-N. The next one is Keeler Paint Job on Instagram also. She is another, she's a Dutch painter. So Dutch painter, yeah, going to be great. She's a miniature artist. She has, she paints for many studios. Uh, she does beautiful color overall finishes on her builds. Extremely, extremely good at flesh tones, bringing the face to life uh, in, in all scales. She has a knack for putting that little extra into the tones of the face that makes it just look, just come alive and it's soft, um, which is a hard thing to do when you're painting a face and painting flesh is to give that soft look to it. Um, like real skin is soft. She, she knocks it out of the park. Um, she is some fantastic work. Again, that's Keeler paint job on Instagram. So K I E L E R P A I N T J O B all one word on Instagram. The next one is a uh, reference page that I thought that some of you guys might like. Uh, it's an aircraft one. 
So don't hurt me, modelers or armor guys or figure guys. It's called RFC Airmen. Um, it's again RFC Airmen. It's a, a Facebook page. It's mostly all about not mostly. It's all about World War One aircraft and pilots. This has some of the most fantastic pictures and drawings uh, of World War One aircraft that you'll see. What's nice about this is you don't get the the pictures are actually taken given to them or they're. Uh, loaded on from people that, um, from family photos. So you don't have the, you know, the, the traditional world war one, everybody's standing. Now you've got them sitting with their friends. They're eating dinner. They're eating lunch, you know, going out on missions, hanging around the repo yards and clean yards and stuff like that. And it's just some beautiful, and the aircraft in here are just phenomenal pictures of stuff. I haven't even seen pictures of before, you know, I'm not a big aircraft person, but some of these aircraft, you know, I, you, you find out why they call them string bags because they were just, I don't know how they flew. I really don't. But, you know, how we go from, you know, 1916 to those kind of aircraft to today where we're seeing supersonic jets coming back and it's crazy how much, how far we've gone. But again, that's RFC Airmen. It's on a face. It's on Facebook. Look it up. You'll enjoy it. If you don't build aircraft, still look at it. Either the pictures of uniforms, the pictures of figures, some of the ideas. There's a thousand ideas for dioramas on there or vignettes too. Oh, there's so much stuff. It's really good. The last one, and I'm sorry for taking so long on this, everybody. This is a company we all know, um, but I, I, I feel they've taken a huge leap in the last couple of years with their accessory packs. It's miniart.com. Miniart has basically taken the accessories kits and made them and made them into vignettes. Um, if you look at their brand new one, it's called the Cafe. It comes with a, a you know a waiter and a guy and a woman sitting at a, at a table, you know, in Paris or in Belgium or wherever they're at. It's got the bottles. It's got the dog. It's got everything you need for a vignette. It's perfect. I really, really like what Mini Art is doing lately with these um, these little accessory sets. They're doing some fantastic ones. Um, I think one of the best ones I've ever seen from them, and this is my opinion only, um, they made a concrete mixer. And it's simple. It's easy. It's just a small little thing. But that is so useful. They came out with the, the fuel pumps from the 1930s and the 1940s that you never see it. But you see them in every, just about every picture of World War II and early France, especially. You see these guys driving past or filling up tanks from these these old fuel pump, or fuel gas station pumps. I mean, it's fantastic. The accessories, the pigeons, uh, you know, I can talk, you know, those farm animals. They do all these things and they're basically vignettes in themselves. All you got to do is buy the box, buy the paint and go. 99% of the time, they're great kits. You know, there's, they're just perfect. That's why it made my list. I know it's not really a find, but there's such a neat idea what they're doing with what they're doing lately with little vignettes, these little like cafe things, or they're doing the office, you know, they make office furniture for 19s and 30s and 40s, which could go into the 50s and 60s. Trust me, that doesn't change. But, you know, that's some really great stuff. And I really, really, really enjoy what they're doing. Uh, And that's about it. You know, I I really I hope you enjoy these. If you if anybody wants to know more about them or didn't get the addresses, you know, feel free to contact me on the Facebook page. I will give you them all. I can post them on the Facebook page, whatever we need to do. So that's it for me. It's time to send a shout out to the Posse Outriders, listeners who support the Posse by becoming Patreon contributors. If you would like to support the Triple P and become a Plastic Posse Outrider, go to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com backslash Plastic Posse Podcast, and set a recurring donation there. This helps us offset the cost of bringing you the Triple P. There are three different tiers of support, starting at just a buck a month. 
So we're going to start with our amazing deputy marshals. We appreciate your support more than you know. Strap in. <clears throat> Chris Lovewell, Andrew Callis, Rick Cooper, Ethan Idmill, Bruce the Model Noob, Steve Baker, Eric Daglish, Joe Porsche, Graham Pearson, Patrick Brown, Steve Schaefer, Jay Kidd, Paul Burdett, Brandon Gentry, Robert Klein, Mark Ewing, Ted Kawahara, nailed it, Josh Orr, John Bryan, Scale Model Hanger, Toad Man, Model Doc, Doug Reed, Greg James, Les, Ricala, B Cult 1911, the one and only John Everett, Josh Buck, oh, that name sounds familiar, <laughs> Black Rifle Model Works, Thomas Baniak, Mark Bradley, Zach Pease, Joel Munson, Eric Brubaker, Jeremy Moore, DB Scale Model Studios, Matt Johnson, Jared Cal, Jeremy Ellett, Mike Talley, Previous Seat, Mediocre Middle Age Miler, Dan Novel, and J.C. Osborne. <laughs> bravo well done <laughs> wow impressive <laughs> next we have our excellent posse foreman jeremy cliff rick eric mike alex benjamin craig papa steve logan red beach one md models the voice of bob jv pete toby matthew matters of scale damien Kieran, Cody, Papa Mike, Charlie, Tim, Forest Ghost 73, Nukeman, Mike, Greg, J-A-K, A-K, Armor, Ash, Irish, Pat, Paul, Ibones, Models, Mr. Grizz, Jackson, Chris, Lee, Jamie, and Steve. Lastly, we have our posse outriders, including Jared, Pete, Rob, and nine others. And also, we're asking our posse members for a favor. Please consider going on over and posting a review of the Triple P on the podcast platform you use to listen to us, or even on Facebook. Each five-star review will help other modelers find us at the Plastic Posse. Now it's time for a discussion point. During the holiday season, it's natural time to take a look back at 2022, the year in the rearview mirror. And it's also a good time to take a look at what we are looking forward to in 2023. So what we have for discussion group today is let's talk about how many projects did we finish in 2022 and which one represents the highest point for each of you personally and why. I'm going to start off with Scott. All right. Um, well, how many projects did I finish? I think uh, not very many, uh, probably three or four. I got, uh, let's see, I got that little uh, 70 second scale T28. I got a Y wing. I got a an M10 uh, tank destroyer for our Sherman uh, group build. And oh man, I'm running out of them. Um, so not very many. Hopefully we're we're working on an average and TJ can balance me out a little bit here. Um, but the second part of your question, uh, Grant, is, you know, which one represents the high point? I would say it's definitely uh, the Y-Wing. And, and the reason why I would say that is because, you know, we talked throughout the year about sort of leveling up and also about that final 5%. And on that particular model, it's a Bandai kit. It's a great kit. But I really felt like what sets that build apart for me is I spent a lot of time on the presentation, on the base, on the way that the model looks, not just the model itself, but sort of, you know, making, making a, I guess, a little bit of a statement to make mine maybe hopefully a little differently than everybody else's. And so I really focused on that. You know, Josh, who's here, uh, really helped me with the base, you know, came up with a concept that I kind of liked. And, and to be honest, I probably spent as much time on the base as I did on the model itself. I got some some plates made at a local trophy shop. You know, the, the base was made from MDF. Thank you, Josh. And uh, then I 
spent, you know, I think I had five or six or seven layers of auto body filler. And then I wet sanded each layer and just kept doing that over and over until the base was really smooth. And again, just, just kind of wanted to take that build sort of to a different level for me. Um, haven't done a lot of that in the past and I really enjoyed it and uh, I think it turned out okay. So yeah, I would say, uh, that was, that was my high point, um, for 2022. Yeah, that that your Y wing was beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome, and you did some great work. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Next, Doug, what about you? This was an interesting year for me because I did very little of what I normally do. I always make a big deal of the fact that I don't build armor, but I did seven pieces of armor this year: the Sherman for the group build for Nats, and four, five, six of the 48 scale Tamiya kits. Um, also. Uh, got roped into 3D printing this year and I printed and painted uh, six or seven busts. Uh, nothing fancy, mostly fantasy stuff. I mean, I did a couple Lord of the Rings things and a couple Star Wars things and, and stuff like that. Uh, I did do a TIE fighter recently and trying to think if there was anything else. That that makes 14 projects finished this year. And that doesn't count my practice busts and things like that. As far as the best thing I did... Uh, the to me, uh, 148 scale M10 Achilles, not not even close to a contest winner, but for me, it was it was so far ahead of what I've ever done, especially on armor. I I think I did a pretty good job on the paint, and then I loaded it up with aftermarket stuff. I used value gear stowage. I I made straps out of paper for uh, for the the stowage on the side of the turret. I made some tarps, and I just it just went farther and farther, and it was right about the time we had that discussion about the last 5%. And and I was asking questions on our Facebook page and getting a lot of feedback and people saying, hey, try this. What about this? And I just kept adding to it and taking more steps. And it was really satisfying and a whole lot of fun. And then, and then I mean, I might want to say that that Matilda I did was, was also kind of special because that was a 48-hour build. And I did that, what is it, four-tone camouflage that, what do they call it? Scott's got a name. The I, contour scheme. Yeah. So, and that and that turned out really well for something I did. I knocked out pretty fast. So that's where I'm at for the year. Yeah, Doug, those, both those kits, the, the, the uh, Achilles and the Matilda were beautiful. The, the contour scheme on the Matilda for 48 hours is that's, that's amazing. People take a long time to paint that and you did it and you just knocked it right out, which was impressive. Uh, it was fun. And, yeah. And you know, the, you know, also the Achilles, you, you just kept on improving and improving and improving on that kit as watching it going along on the Facebook page. It just looked better and better and better. You know, it, that was a great build for you. Uh, let's go to TJ. I finished 23 projects this year. Wow. <laughs> didn't, didn't quite get an average of two a month. Um, maybe. I might finish the Oscar before the end of the year. Maybe not. Like Doug, it was an interesting year for me as well. Um, my breakdown would be 13 figures, six Machine and Krieger subjects, one Star Wars subject, two armor subjects, and one airplane. Wow. Um, this is a balance of work that I've never produced before, and I'm working on my seventh Machine and Krieger kit this year, so hopefully I can finish it. Uh, it was an interesting year, to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like doing figures 
So I did. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I don't, I think we mentioned it, I guess now it's been two episodes. I think there's a little bit of a common misconception that I just started painting figures. I, I have not. I've been painting figures for quite a long time. Painting this type of figure is relatively new, large scale busts and um, large scale figures. I painted my first 75 millimeter figure. Most of everything I did before is 28 millimeter or 32 millimeter, usually pretty small. So yeah, I don't know. It was really fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. I've got a lot more to do. Um, and we'll be doing a lot more. Was I supposed to pick my favorite one or the one I thought it was the best? Was that, was that mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I thought we were yep. doing? Uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be my offline bust. It's, it's one of my favorite things that I've painted. And really, it's just because I like the sculpt so much. My PKA Leopard is probably my favorite machine and Krieger kit that I've done. Yeah, well, I love that thing. It looks. Well, uh, the the color combination is is interesting and I, I feel like i really did a good job on the weathering but it's also hard not to shout out the lunagans because that thing's huge and it's gangly and it's weird and it won a best space and science fiction award at a show mm-hmm. which is pretty cool i've never won a war, an award like that before so that kind of mm-hmm. is special to me and of course it gets skunked to the next show it goes to but you know <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And I think it's cool and it's going to be in a book, which is yep. like amazing. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough, but my, the Sherman I did this year is the only Sherman I did that I finished. It's really good. It's, it's probably the best tank I've ever done. So it's, I don't know. It, it's hard. I can't pick. I, <laughs> I did a lot well, of stuff I really like this year. Yeah. It, you did some fantastic. I, I never thought I would hear you say I only did two armor kits in a year. That's yeah. <laughs> I, this is it's the least amount of armor I've done since I started doing armor. Yeah. Five years ago, I think yeah. I have to go back and look. It was I think 2017 was the first time I did armor, yeah. and I think I did three armor subjects that year. So this is yeah, this was weird. I, I don't know. I said something in, in one of the group chats like I just I can't. I was not inspired to do armor. I don't know why. Um, after coming off of a string of pretty successful kits, uh, uh, armor subjects that I had done like last year, I, I think I liked and, and really enjoyed. And after I really it was after the Sherman got knocked off the oh, f- yeah. photography table by by one of my cats aptly named Sherman um yeah it, it, I was able to finish it but then I was like I don't I can't do this I can't do this anymore I, I'm just gonna as <laughs> as David Hobbs said I started painting figures f you um which is what I was I was told before we started this that's what he said to, to John when I asked him a question so yeah I, I don't know I have two or three armor kits sitting behind me um i've got another another couple that have started so yeah i don't know well yeah. kudos, kudos to you to doing an aircraft that little yak turned out really really nice thanks that was all around everything you you know it's like you and doug switched spots there for a year it's kind of crazy doug was <laughs> you know a crazy armor guy and then you know and he sci-fi you turned into the sci-fi figure guy and doug went to armor so it's great Josh, what about you? Uh, well, I, I didn't build 23, um, <laughs> but I did four uh, traditional kits. So I did a, a aircraft. I did an armor. I did a 3D printed figure, large scale figure. And then I did the World War One mortar piece. And mm-hmm. in the past, I averaged around two a year. So it was actually a really good year for me. And then uh, if you want to count them, those little one to one forty fourth Bandai Star Wars kits, I ended up doing 10 of those this year. Wow. Um, that actually was huge because it had been a long time since I'd actually finished something. And I got one of those out and I did it and I weathered it and 
and then I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened. I just did more. It was, it was cool. It was a kind of a nice way to reset a, a funk I'd been in for a while. So yeah, if you want to count those, then I, I ended up with 13 this year. So it was a it's, really good productive year for me. Yeah, it was a model. So I'm counting it. So that's 13. So which one was your favorite? Um, yeah, that's, that's a hard question. I, you know, I got to apologize in advance. I should have had like a drink or five before doing <laughs> I am. I had the questions ahead of time, plenty of time to figure this stuff out. And I still don't know. Probably um, I did a uh, power armor suit from Fallout uh, this year. And I think that's probably would have been my best builder high point. It's one that I took a lot of extra time on. I don't think I've worried about or spent as much time sanding a kit as I did that thing. I mean, I sanded and primed and sanded and primed and sanded and primed. And normally I just, you know, whatever. Um, but that one I spent a lot of time on. And then um, I wanted to do it on a base because you guys have talked about bases a lot, but I wasn't into groundwork and I wanted the base to be more than just like a piece of wood. I wanted it to be part of the piece. So I ended up getting a, a big beer cap coaster and I weathered it and painted it like a Nuka Cola bottle cap and I sat them on top of that. Um, so I, I really think that was not just for this year. I think that's my favorite piece that I've done for a really long time. That would have been my highlight this year. Yeah, that's great. That's really, really good. I'd, I'd echo that as well, having seen, you know, most of your work and, you know, that particular piece, the presentation was just, you know, your creativity, not just on the model, which you, you know, you printed and, you know, you customized, but then to also come up with the the great uh, Nuka-Cola bottle cap is fantastic. And, you know, the wear and tear, everything you put into it and, and it, it was you know, recognized uh, at a show pretty well. So I'd agree with you. I think that was your your best piece. And it was awesome to see you go through the process of putting that together. Thanks. So. No, I, I really appreciate that. Well, Grant, I think uh, somebody hasn't gone yet. So. <laughs> well, I did uh, the Unlucky 13 this year. So uh, mostly figures, um, nine figures, couple, no, sorry, eight figures, a couple busts, a Kuba wagon, converted Kuba wagon, a Jeep, carrier Jeep, and a few odds and ends here and there. So I ended up with 13, which is not bad. I mean, it could have been more, but happy with what I turned out. Favorite project of the year. Um, I'm going to have to say my Thanos bust. I really, really like that one. It never won anything though, but that's okay. The Thanos bust for me, I really liked how the skin tones came out. Blue and purple came out really well. I was really happy with that. Uh, I was very, very happy with the way the eyes came out. Um, The eyes really, I think, catch that kit. Um, So I really think that was probably um, my best build this year. My... uh, so uh, I really like that one kid a lot. I, you know, I did some smaller figures that I really enjoyed. Uh, but overall, I think the f- that bust was really my best thing for this last year. I agree. That bus lives at my house. <laughs> it's it's really it's really unbelievable, Grant. Also, uh, you did some uh, work earlier on that year forty eight in uh, forty eight build that truck that you oh yeah customized. That was that was a really terrific build too. I thought. Yeah, that was a fun little. But that was a fun, the forty eight and forty eight is always a fun build because you know you got that timeline. And it seems like I mean with us, it seems like those always turn out so well. Like, so you look at you know you know TJ, you're you're 
your tiger, your your Russian truck. That turned out great. That was beautiful. And you did that in 48 hours. You know, you look at Doug's uh, Centaur Camouflage Matilda, another one that turned out great in 48 hours. So, you know, we've been very lucky with those. And, you know, they, we've had some really good 48-hour bills. And, you know, we all, I mean, everybody, you, you Scott, JB, you know, Ivan, you know, his T-3485, that was a great little build, you know, with and with water in 48 hours too. So, you know, as long as you didn't look at that one side, where the track was messed up. It was good. <laughs> Ivan, right. yeah, he was ready to chuck it within the yeah, first he hour. Was. <laughs> and this kid is overrated. And by the end, he was like, oh, that kid is flawless. I got to get more of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go more into this discussion. So what were the model shows and events that each of you attended in 2022? Let's just give a number because if we talk about all the different ones, there's a lot of us that went to a lot of shows. Uh, and which one stood out to you and why? So let's start off with TJ. Uh, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I don't remember how many shows I attended. Um, I'll try to count right now. I think I went to six. Six sounds right. Uh, I mean, it's not even uh, a legit question. Obviously, the standout was Nats. It was the biggest show of the year. Ever, you guys are all there. <laughs> all my other friends were there. Like I told my wife before we went, I mean, it was, I was li- literally going to hang out with every single one of my friends. So it's like, I, I mean, that doesn't even compete. <laughs> that's that's the answer. Now, the second best show, you not necessarily best, but the other standout is the National Capitals uh, Model Soldier Society show that I went to it was cool. It was, that was my first um, gold, silver, bronze show. Um, it was really fun. I got to I hung out with some of my friends uh, that met me there, and I got to see a lot of good work. That was cool. I'm looking forward to that next year too. So yeah, that's a figure show mostly, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the figure, the figure yeah. painting just group or whatever. Yeah, that's a that that would be. I, I've never attended just a figure show, something like that. It's something on my on my bucket list to do. I, that that looks sounds so fun, and the way they set it up, it looks great. All right, let's see. Scott, what about you? So I think I went to, let's see, just really quick, like uh, Seattle, Vegas, Salt Lake, Commies, uh, Nats, and MMSI. So I went to six shows as well. Um, they were all really, really good in different ways, you know, very, you know, good friends at all of them. But if, if one stands out, it's got to be the MMSI show, you know, uh, tip of the hat to Jim and Barry at Small Subjects for kind of making that happen for me. You know, that show was just, it, for me, it was really, I, I don't want to get all businessy sounding, but it was paradigm shifting it. I'd never been to a show quite like it. I'd never seen the level of work across the board like I, you know, like I saw there. And, uh, you know, the, the same model at MMSI won best of show that won at Nats, um, Steve Hustad's uh, tribe, you know, German tribe. It's unbelievable. Um, but across the board, the work there was just incredible. And, you know, our last episode or uh, the episode before that, I think uh, in 58, TJ talked about, you know, me giving him compliments and him saying it's okay. And, you know, going to that show and seeing the kind of people that TJ had been more exposed to than I did really 
helped me understand where TJ was coming from. And man, I, if if anybody listening hasn't been to a, a modeling show that's kind of more centered around figures, you know, the one TJ mentioned, the MFCA, the MMSI, I'd really encourage you to attend one because it was really, it was a great experience and just really kind of stood out um, as being just, you know, a little unique and different than the other shows. So anyway. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I mean, you, you actually got a job or help on the judging too. That was a talk about nice. That's that, that was you had all that free time with those fantastic kids. Yeah. My votes didn't count, but getting to walk around with four incredible artists and listen to them evaluate the work in a completely different way than amps or IPMS. It was incredibly rewarding for me, really just a different way of looking at things. So yeah, it was very, a great experience. Uh, that's great. That's great. Josh, how about you? Uh, I went to two nationals and my local IPMS show, the Salt Lake show. They were both great. I think for me, um, Nats is, is always just awesome because there's, it's a big experience, but I think that my favorite of the two actually this year was the Salt Lake show. And it was more not the show itself, but the the social events surrounding the show, if that makes sense. So I got to meet a lot of really cool people, put faces to names um, that I've, I've seen their work online. And just really, we spent the whole weekend together. Scott put together a, a really cool itinerary. And just to spend a weekend with, with people that had the same interests and that were really talented modelers uh, just just made it a really cool experience to the point where I'm looking for other model shows to go to, which if you had told me that a year ago, I would have had some different words to say. But I, that's not something I'd have any interest in doing whatsoever. But it, it really was a, a kind of a shift. I was like, wow, this stuff can actually be fun. Yeah, so I, the Salt Lake show for me, I think, I think was, uh, was the high point. Well, that's great. That's great. You know, and, you know, it, it's... Some, you know, those local shows like that, when you can see and talk to people that are in your area is, is very, very important. And you get to see that person and you know, hey, you're just right down the road. I can talk to you anytime or, you know, and that's always fun because then you can make, you know, time to meet and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's always a positive. Uh, it's a very positive. Well, so, we've all, we've all been trained by JB. Yeah. You know, JB is like, I mean, I told him one of these days, he's probably going to be like uh, doing like Caribbean cruises for mo- scale modelers. You know, he, he, and he can he can pull it off. You know, yep, yeah. We're all going to be slapping on Princess Cruise Lines, like you know, <laughs> going to Jamaica and making models. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Grant, I'm interested in your answer to this question because you know you're from Southern California, and uh, you know, just full of unbelievable modelers and unbelievable modelers uh, modeling clubs down that way. So you know, uh, looking forward to hearing uh, what your uh, highlights of 2022 were uh well i did 14 shows this year so uh that's my highest i've ever done so i've never done anything uh anything close to that usually i'm around six or seven i don't know what happened this year but you know i did 14 i I actually counted them and i was like oh my gosh so uh favorites nationals you know, TJ is right. You know, I got to see all you guys again, get in person. We had a great time going to, you know, dinners and, you know, seeing Ivan for the first time meeting, you know, all, you know, at the tables and we had a great time with everybody. It was so fun just to hang out with you guys. And it really always is yeah, that hands down for me. That's the favorite. Um, Commie Fest. 
was fun for me. Yeah, that was the first time. That was a spur of the moment for me too, as you remember, Scott. That was uh, yeah. There was a local show I was going to go to up north in San Francisco area, Fresno area, yeah. and that they they canceled that show right before I was going to get you know like a week before, and I was talking to you, and we was like, I don't know, and you like, let's well, come out here and go to Comedy Fest, and I'm like, yeah. So I went and got a pl- plane ticket real quick, and I flew out, and that was the first time I met all of you guys. Well, not all of you, except for TJ and Ivan, but most of you guys face to face. And uh, that was fun. We had a great time. Or TJ, you were there. I'm sorry. Yeah, because we were talking. I'm sorry, TJ. Yeah, because the lady couldn't believe you came all the way from Washington, D.C. to be in their hobby show. <laughs> and uh, and I met Brian. Brian and all of you guys. It was so great. You know, we did. The only person I didn't meet on that trip was Ivan. And I met him in Nationals. That was a fun time. The local California shows, uh, Orange Con for me. Orange Con here is a big show. Uh, it's you get to see everybody and you know I, you know, fantastic modelers uh, all the time. Um, it was just great, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a big year for me. So I do not want to do that next year. But I looks I looked at what I've got planned and it looks like I am. So it's gonna be fun. All right, so let's let's go to now to 2023. What is one goal you as a modeler have? What one thing do you want to learn, improve, or add to your personal skill list for 2023? So I've let you guys all go first, so I'll go first on this one. What do I want to be... <sighs> What things do I want to learn? I really want to learn how to do non-metallic metal. And, and, and I, I really do. I think, you know, that metallic metal is fun. I like doing metallic metal, but I really think that I'd like to try non-metallic metal um, painting, which is, if you guys don't know what that is out there, uh, essays basically not using metal colored paints to make metal. So you use grays and dark tones for the, the steel. And you use yellow tones um, and browns for gold and so on and so forth. You know, that's something, that's a skill I want to learn. Do I want to use it all the time? No, but I'd like to learn it. That's the skill I want to pick up. Josh, what about you? Um, my goal for this year, I think, is just to get it more consistent time at the bench. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll go in spurts where I'll, I'll be pretty good about it. And then I'm, I just, for whatever reason, might have a pretty long period where I don't touch anything. And I've, you guys have had this discussion a lot about closing the gap or, or getting better and what you can do. And, and it's been mentioned a lot that, that practice really does make a difference. And I've seen that. Um, so something I want to do this coming year is what, even if it's just like 10 minutes, just to be consistent mm-hmm. uh, every day, if I can get some time at the bench, um, working on something because I've, I've seen when I'm doing that, when I'm in those periods where I'm, I'm at it every day, I, you can, you can really see improvement. That's a great idea. Yeah. Even if it's just like 10 minutes before you go to bed, anything, you know, find a little bit of time or get up just a few minutes earlier in the morning if you can, or, you know, I find time myself, I get up earlier in the morning. I'm up early anyway. So I'll, I'll go in and sit down, work on something for a little bit, then get ready for the day. Um, sometimes I do it at night instead, but yeah, yeah that's a great, great goal. Uh, what about you, TJ? <clears throat> I don't really have anything particular. I just, just want to get better. I mean, that's, yeah. that's all I ever want to do. I, yeah. um, I just want to get better. Um, there's no, like last year I felt like, or I guess last year going into this year, I felt like, oh, you know, I did, I did a bust the previous year. So I'm like, I want to get really, I want to get better at skin tone. Well, I mean, I mm-hmm. still do. So I want to continue to do that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. I just want to get better. I want to be as good as I can be. And then when I get there, I want to be better than that. I mean, that's, <laughs> 
that's, that's all I want to do. Hopefully I have the time to do it. I'll be, um, yeah. my work schedule will be funky for the next at least three months. So that's going to kill a little bit of my productivity <laughs> this year, but um, hopefully I can find some time. Yeah. I really like that. You know, I want to get better than I want to get better than that. That's, that's perfect. That's, that's great. That's a great goal. I mean, it really is. If you think about it, it's, that's fantastic. Scott, what about you? You know, I I really admire all of you guys, and you know, I, I've been fortunate to not en- to not only be your friends, but to to see your work and and see your work in person. All of you, you know, when I look at what my goals are, you know, I kind of you know sort of do that. Well, I'd like to do more projects, and I think what I really want to do is is be more like TJ as far as and not the way that he paints and not the way that he finishes a lot of models, but he doesn't take any from these projects. And what I mean by that is I get in my own way. I I find reasons not to go to the bench. I find reasons if my bench is messy, I I don't go down and model. If I don't have a lot of time, I don't go down, you know? And if I see a new technique that I'm not sure of, um, I don't do it. And so, you know, TJ, he has this this sort of look, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, he'll, he tells me that all the, just do it. Just, you just got to do it. You know, you know, uh, Josh, same thing, you know, Josh, uh, when he 3D printed that uh, that figure from Fallout, you know, I mean, he he literally kind of you know, just took a, an idea and made it happen. You know, he, he found a way to display it. He found a way to 3D print it and customize it, you know, and it wasn't a clear path. It wasn't opening a Bandai kit and just doing it. He just, you know, he but he didn't take no for an answer. You know, Grant, same thing with you. You know, you, you'll get an idea and you'll see somebody do something and then you just do it, you know? And so um, if I could have one goal, I don't know what you'd call it, but, you know, maybe be a little bit more disciplined or maybe maybe a little bit more fearless and just do, just do it. Just get it done. You know, uh, if, if you fail, I'll go to MRS and get another one and try it again. You know, it just, I need to get out of my own way and just do it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my goal. I, I completely understand this, Scott. Uh, I'm sometimes I'm my worst own enemy. I mean, I really am. I mean, I, I get, I bury myself in reference material and that's kind of why I went to the, you know, Warhammer figures and painting figures. Cause I can't get lost in that. Um, I would look at projects and a perfect example for that was the Kuba wagon I, I, I did this year. And it, it took me forever because I kept on saying, okay, well, you know, and I, I found a reference, then I found another reference that was different. So I was like, well, which one is right? You know, and I, it, it was the worst thing for me. And you're right. You know, sometimes you have to take that, that TJ mentality, which is, you know, f- you know, just put your head down and drive through it. And uh, that's what, you know, gets me through sometimes. And it does. And, you know, like you said, if it, if it doesn't turn out right, you can always do something else. Plus, you built a model already. So congratulations. That's one more for the next year's list. So, you know, just keep driving. Keep driving as hard as you can. I don't know. And- as someone that gets way into non-existent <laughs> lore and loves Warhammer lore, I think you can get lost in references for just about anything if you really want to. You can. You can if you start making space marines and stuff like <laughs> God forbid you get the wrong color blue on an ultramarine, but you know, it's like, <laughs> they will rip you apart. I swear to gosh, they will, but not as bad, not as bad as you've put the wrong green or gray or, you know, pans or gray on another tank. Trust me. That's, they get a lot worse than that. 
All right. Last question, I promise. What are the shows or events you plan on attending in 2023 and which one are you looking most forward? All right, Scott, you're up. Well, we're going to go to uh, you know Jim Bates show in yep. Seattle in February. And we're going to go over to Colorado to Commies Fest again in March. And then uh, obviously IPMS Nationals in August. Right. So those three are for sure. I'm hoping to uh, go to MMSI again. I'm not sure if that will happen. And then the show that I'd really like to attend that I haven't in the past is um, Wonderfest in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a sci-fi guy, uh, you know, it's something that I've really wanted to do for years. There's a little bit of travel involved. If I could attend one of those, I think that would be uh, really, really great. So, yeah, for me, those would be the shows that I have someday. I'd like to, you know, do what JB did, uh, you know, recently and uh, head overseas. But for right now, the those are the shows that are on my radar. That's great. Yeah, Wonderfest would be fun. I always see the pictures from that. And you have guys like Jason Eaton there who are fantastic Star Wars models and do everything from scratch. And it's, you know, all these, you know, all these guys are fantastic. It's That would be a great show. Didn't even think about that one. Uh, what about you, TJ? Uh, let's see. What shows am I going to go to? All the ones I went to last year. So that's like three, four-ish, lo- local-ish shows. Of course, I got to go to PaxCon, which is mm-hmm. the Model Geeks um, show. That's in October. Yep. That's already on my calendar. Uh, luckily, it is not the same weekend as Scale Model Challenge because I will be attending SMC in Eindhoven, Netherlands. There you go. It is my 40th birthday present <laughs> from myself nice. and my nice. wife to me. Um, That's great. Yeah, it's going to be pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. I've never been to Netherlands, um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. And of course, Nats. I mean, I've already got Nats book, so that's ready to go. And uh, I I have a conundrum because Amps Nats and MFCA are the same damn weekend. Oh. And I don't know which one I want to go to because I really would like to go to MFCA because that's a legit show. But mm-hmm. Amps Nats is awesome, too. And also Amps Nats is like an hour and 10 minutes from my house. Mm. MFCA is a little bit further. It's in Philly. It's not that far. It's a couple hours by car. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know which one I'm going to do. I know Jackson wants to go to Amps Nats. I want to go to Amps Nats, but I really, really want to go to MFCA. I think Barry's going to I'm pretty sure Barry's going to be there and a bunch of other super good figure. Figures. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know, but yeah, that's that's my calendar. It, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I uh, they're asked about what shows we're going to attend because the other day I was I was at work I didn't have a lot to do so I was like uh, I'm gonna go add stuff on our shared family calendar and I get a text message from my 11 year old daughter while she's in school she's like what are you doing I'm like I'm adding I'm adding stuff to our calendar so mom knows what I have planned it's distracting me it's making my watch go off. <laughs> I'm like, no i'm sorry ignore it man that's a that decision you have there i mean you you're gonna win either way i mean amps nationals would be fantastic and you know mfca i think i think would be fantastic so maybe just you know pick a short straw and then whatever you hit this year you hit you you uh skip and next year hit the other one well, between you, me, and the uh, fence post here, I'm I'm leaning more towards MFCA. Um, yeah, yeah, MFCA is legit, man. It's yeah. it's super legit, and my wife wants to go, yeah. which would be cool. Yeah. Um, 
her cousin her cousin lives in the Philadelphia area. So while I'm looking at at figures, she'll be hanging out with her cousin. That's that's a that's I mean the and I you know take this with a grain of salt, but with the way your your figure painting is and you know where you're going and where you're heading right now with that, I I. I definitely agree with what your choice is right now. So that's fantastic. What about you, Josh? Well, I actually have a lot of stuff going on in life right now. So I really want to go to Nats. I just don't know if it's going to happen. It's it's hard to make any plans for the coming year. But one that I have locked down is uh, the Northwest Scale Modeler Show. That's the one in Seattle. Yeah. Um, that's one that I've been really interested in to see what the display only show is like. And yeah. it's in a really awesome location. So I am planning on driving up to that one in February. That's that. I'm, I'd love to go to more. I just have no idea. Yep. Well, it's going to be a great show up in Seattle. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. For me, let's see. I've already got plans. Uh, like we said, I'm going to San, uh, Seattle. First time up there. I grew up in Seattle, right outside of Seattle. So it's kind of homecoming for me. I haven't been up there in a long time. See Jim Bates. Uh, that'll be fun. And heading to the uh, couple of the uh, local hobby stores is going to be a blast. Of course, San Diego, another great show early in the year. Uh, Commie Fest. Can't wait for that. That's already locked down. Nationals. Um, another one, you know, I really, really, really want to go to ReaperCon in Texas again later on in the year, um, which is a fantastic figure show, um, run by Reaper Paints. And uh, I would like to go to SMC really bad up in, in the Netherlands. That would be fun. Uh, and I'd like to, you know, and that's, that's one of those ones I want to do, but I also want to do Telford. Um, like JB and Ivan did this year. I think that would be fun too. Um, I'm going to try and get international this year. If not, definitely, definitely coming up. That's my goal. Just getting stuff there is going to be a little bit of an issue, but if it's uh, so that'll be fun. That's my, you know, I, that's what I have planned. I also want to go see it, go out and see Joe in Texas or sorry, Texas, uh, Las Vegas, Joe Porsche. Um, yeah. Good yeah. friend of the show. Uh, you know, great guy puts on a great show. They have a good little group out there in Texas or God, that's the second time uh, in Vegas. So, uh, you know, and I like the way that Joe and his group, has every organization in the in the city uh, helping out, judging their own area. So we're talking about Gundam groups judging Gundam, car groups, car, you know, judging cars, amps groups, and IPMS doing aircraft and armor. It's just the way they run that show is very very good. Um, it's a good little show to go to if you're in the area. You definitely look that show up. You will enjoy. It. Scott was there last year. JB was there last year. It was a, it was a really good show. But that's it for me. You know, you know, and I want to bring up since you know since I have everybody's attention, I, I'd like to say, hey, you know what? out there in listener land what were your favorite shows in 2022 you know what was your favorite what was your model count what was your favorite model please share with us that'd be great you know and what shows you plan on doing next year you know what which which one are you looking forward to you know uh are you looking forward to nationals you're looking forward to commie fest are you looking to amps nationals what are you looking for are you looking for you know what are you looking forward to you know our there are international listeners too hey give us you know tell us what you're looking forward to we'd like to hear about your shows over there or wherever you're at that's the, you know give us an idea that'd be great you know that's really gonna be fun so you know like i said what was your show count for this year what was your favorite model for this year how many did you do and then next year, you know, what you know, what do you plan on going to? What's your favorite show and why? That's what we're asking. All right. Well, thanks, Grant. That was a great, uh, great discussion topic. And uh, it's always good at the end of the year to kind of take stock of where where you've come from, but also kind of what you have planned, you know, moving into the future. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening and for joining us for episode 60. It's uh, kind of hard to believe we've already got 60 of these things in the books. It's uh, pretty amazing. 
this will be our final podcast for 2022, but we will return, of course, with season four of the Triple P starting in January. Uh, remember to check out our interactive Facebook group page, The Plastic Posse. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, some of the guys have started an end of the year group build called the Holiday Blitz Build. And so uh, feel free to check out their progress and jump in with them. It's pretty, pretty easy going group build. And uh, hopefully everybody can do a little bit of building over the holidays. Uh, we also have big plans for 2023 as, as a group right here. So stay tuned to the podcast and our social media outlets to see what plans that the posse has in store for you. We want to thank our special guest, Josh Buck, for joining us on episode 60 and we also want to remind everyone that we have successfully launched our plastic posse merch site many of you have already ordered your stylish triple p coffee mugs t-shirts and even some of our official triple p lounge trousers you can <laughs> you can order all the stylish triple p merch on the website which is plastic-posse-podcast.creator-spring.com and you can find that link on our facebook page too remember that you can send your feedback and suggestions to us at plastic posse podcast at gmail.com for all of us here at the posse we want to wish you a happy holidays hopefully each and every one of you gets to spend some time on the bench doing the best hobby out there scale modeling so until next time in other words 2023 thanks for another fantastic year of the plastic posse podcast we have had an absolute blast bringing you this podcast and meeting many of you and many different model shows across the United States and even overseas. And it's been a privilege to attend. Well, partners, I guess there's only one thing left to say. Yeehaw! Yeehaw!